Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's show, the boys finally enter the Acheron, a derelict abandoned spaceship in the dead of space, open to space, with no air, dim lights, and all the doors open. What could possibly go wrong? I guess we'll find out. So a few things. First of all, we are going to have a new contest. You can listen to all the details at the end of the show where I'll explain everything. Also, I guess this week I wanted to talk about rules. And in this show, we actually talk about rules quite a bit. We get a bit of it wrong and a lot of it right. And I actually kept in some of our back and forth. I cut out a fair amount, but I kept some in only because one, I wanted you guys to hear how we came about it. And two, there's a lot of talking between the characters and the people. And I just wanted to keep some of that in as well. I know not everyone enjoys listening to some people bicker about rules, but Starfinder is a new system and there are issues with learning new systems. For example, when I first went from Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 to Pathfinder, it made it very hard because the rules were nearly identical but yet different. And my brain was always trying to remember if that rule was to 3.5 or to Pathfinder. Well, guess what? I'm having the exact same issue, not just me, but all the players. We are using Starfinder rules, and the Pathfinder rules are nearly identical to the Starfinder rules, except for key differences, of course, during combat. Because the combat is more simplified in Starfinder than Pathfinder, they just made some of the rules different. Also, some of the more simple rules, like, for example, if you take a thrown object, you use your dex modifier in Pathfinder, but in Starfinder, you use your strength modifier. So those little itty-bitty rules trip us up and do cause issues. So what we do is a few things, because this happens to every group. I don't care what you say, this will always happen. You will come across weird rules you've just never seen before, your players will try to do something you weren't expecting, and so forth. So let me go through my preparation as a GM, what I do. First thing I do is I always prepare the fights ahead of time. I kind of know what they're going to be doing, especially in a dungeon. If they're in a dungeon, I know exactly where they're going. They're not going to be leaving the dungeon. So I can go through and prep all the monsters ahead of time. In this case, both Chris and Bob have special abilities that can affect the monsters. So I go through and I write out what the DCs are for each of their abilities. So I know whether they succeed or fail without having to spend any time figuring it out. 
I do that all ahead of time. I also go through and go through all the monsters and go through their special abilities and make sure I understand them. Now again, this is low level, but there's a lot more special abilities in Starfinder than Pathfinder. Even the first level monsters have lots of special abilities. Usually what will happen is as you go up to higher and higher levels, you have to deal with more special abilities and even worse, a lot of spells. And when monsters have a lot of spells, I make sure to write out all the spells and even sometimes page numbers. The other thing I do is one of the nice things about today's world is Starfinder rules are all online. And what I'll often do is prepare and put up all the rules that I'm going to be using or special conditions or abilities and have them on my browser ready to go. So that way I could just click on them. And something else, if you're using an online SRD, most of the monsters are actually already in the system and they're all hyperlinked. So you could just click on any of the special abilities and go right to them. So that's what I do. I prepare everything ahead of time and make sure I understand everything. And any rules I might be coming across, I write out all the information on the... I basically write them right on the monsters themselves. And that really helps out a lot. It only takes like 10 minutes, and it's a lot better to spend 10 minutes ahead of time than to fumble during combat, which everyone hates. The other thing is, even after you do all that, well, guess what? You're still going to make mistakes. It happens. So what I then do is I often have at least one, if not two players help out with rules definitions. And you're going to hear that. What's going to happen is I'm going to go through, I might have some questions how rules work, and I don't look them up. I will often ask, it's usually John or Bob, and sometimes Jason, and occasionally Chris, but it's usually John or Bob will be the people who often look up the rules. So while we're continuing the play, I already have a billion things to take care of. It might not even be their turn, they'll look up a rule to confirm it. And on this show, you can hear that happen more than once, is that I wasn't 100% sure how the rule went. I did it one way, Bob or Jason or John looked up the rule, told me how it should work, and then I just changed it. I just retroed the action and made sure it worked correctly. Now, I know a lot of GMs that not only not do this, but they in fact punish the players for dare questioning them, which is the stupidest thing in the world. I never understood that. The GM, yes, it's the GM's game, and in theory, there are no rules. Whatever the GM says is the rules. But I'll tell you right now, if the players don't trust the GM, that game's not going to last very long. And by having a common rule set, everyone is in the same playing field. And that way, if something really bad happens to your players, you don't get into a 10-minute argument that that quote didn't happen and that you're seeing it the wrong way. And again, in the end, it doesn't matter. If I did something and I expected that this monster was going to die and then all of a sudden something happened and the monster lived and it changes the whole dynamics of the fight, you know, that's often a happy accident. That often is a fun thing to play out and then weird things happen and you go in directions you don't expect. I'm not going to spoil anything, but later on in the show, in a few weeks, you're going to see that a lot. You're going to see weird things happen that I just did not expect, I didn't plan for, and things get nuts, all in a good way. But that's really when you say yes and just sort of let things go where they may, you go into really fun, neat directions that you just didn't plan. So there we go. That's really what I would say is prepare ahead of time, learn your monsters, especially if they have spells, Make sure you assign someone to be your assistant to help look up rules during a fight. Usually someone who A, wants to do it, and B, is not actually in the fight that round. And C, make sure you have all the online tools open. There's online SRDs for every system. You could look up things now by searching instead of having to thumb through a 500-page book. 
but do keep in mind the SRD doesn't always have every single rule. You'll often have to use your rule book to supplement that. Usually what I'll do is I'll also have the PDF open at the same time and search through the PDF. And that's also another way to quickly find your rules. So hopefully that will help you out, not only as a GM, but a player as well. Maybe you have a problem GM who's always fighting you or doesn't know the rules so well. And it's a catch-22. If you as a player are constantly pointing out the rules to the GM, it becomes more of a battle and a fight than actually you trying to work out with them. And I can see that. Uh, the GM gets very personal about it. But you know what? At this point in my life, I really don't care. All I'm trying to do, I'm not, even though it sounds like I'm for the monsters, I really am not. I just sort of, I play that up on the show a lot. Although my players will completely disagree and think that I root for the monsters big time. In reality, I don't. All I want to do is have a fair combat. I want to have fair rule system that is the same for everyone. That is my goal. That's all I care about. So once again, please make sure you review us on iTunes and Facebook if you guys like the show. If you want, make sure you check out the website. Check out Talking Combat, which is the recap of every week's show. Jason does a great job. In addition, we're going to be putting up some new content on the website in a few weeks. I think you're all going to like it. It's going to be really cool new stuff. And don't forget, we have a new contest at the end of the show. You can listen and find out how to enter and what you can win. Otherwise, enjoy the show. So last we left off, you guys managed to fend off the solo space motorcycle valiantly with Captain Rusty yelling at everyone, encouraging them forcefully and getting the job done because he, he knows how to captain. And then you found the ship drifting in space. Doesn't look like a death trap at all. Looks like a big party boat. Should be a lot of fun. You docked in the aft port. All you see is the dead of space and a flickering lights of the inside of the ship inviting you in. Doesn't look scary at all. Okay. John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. I listen at the door. No. <laughs> um, I guess we just start inside the docking bay. Yeah, you see there's enough room for six of you. So if you guys want to put yourselves in your formation... All right, I'm just going to move myself up to the front. I, I noticed that um, Rusty's outside of the ship. Chris Beamer is playing the Lushunta operative, Hiroji. Oh, nice. Cheddar's up this front. I do not understand. Cheddar version 2.0. Yeah. Oh, actually, I hadn't noted. Yes, we do have V2s, don't we? <laughs> Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. By the way, the little camera has been following you around all along. So that little camera has just been like zipping along. So you are at the aft airlock and you can see the outer door was open into the vacuum of space. The inner door appears to be locked, not locked, but closed. You feel the standard gravity is in effect and the ship's corridor appears to be lit with emergency lighting providing dim light. The ceiling is about eight feet high. The interior doors, this one appears to be in the closed position. All right, so first thing we need to do is close the outer hall to space. Well, you can't fit. The outer hall would be, it would divide the party. So you have to actually open this one up 
Uh, oh, really? Uh, that doesn't seem right because there's. Yeah, we're all inside. Seems like we're all inside, though. Oh, yeah, you could all go inside. I actually gave you a little bit more space, but we will just say that there's enough. We'll say you guys can squeeze in and close that outer door and then open up the We'll put the uh, tunnel right. on top of Cheddar like a Master Blaster. Embargo off. Yeah, perfect. There is actually a drone modification that's like that's a riding awesome. saddle. That I, could wow. actually, I could actually that's ride Cheddar. Jason McDonald is playing the Soki mechanic Tuttle Blacktail and his drone, Cheddar. Oh, I want to see the artwork for that one. Like a rodeo monkey on a cow dog. I will pay credits to Navy Beans for you to do that. So what are you guys doing? I think it's time for the guy who opens the door to open a door. Well, we're all inside. Can't we close the door now? After it's closed. Yeah, you can close. You can close. There's actually... We, we did. Okay, you close the door. It closes no problem. It's actually just like literally a Star Trek button. The door's closed. Okay. That's so what we need to do first. all squeezed inside the 10 by 10 room. Yeah, so um, Mo will explain to Rusty how the vacuum works with the pressurized cabins. And that's what you need to do before yes. you start opening doors. So yes, I thought I had a bit under the impression we had closed that door. Now we will open the interior one. Yes, and we push forward. I open up the door. Boop. Okay, okay. Hold on. I draw my laser pistol, and I draw my flashlight. Yes, I draw both of my weapons. Ah, the flickering emergency lights do little to dispel the darkness inside the derelict ship, and the sense of abandonment is only heightened by the apparent lack of any movement or life inside its airless corridor. Artificial gravity is still functional, however. There's still likely power to run essential systems and possibly restore life support and atmosphere to the ship. Unfortunately, there are still no obvious clues as to the fate of the Acheron's vanished crew. Um, so this room that we're looking at, uh, is that a glass interior or something? Are those glass walls like we can see through there or what's going on? Yes. So in front of you, you are now in a corridor that's running north and south that is 15 feet wide. And there appears to be the uh, engineering section in front of you. The engineering section is surrounded by machinery and has some very low energy coming out of it. There appears to be a tech workshop and expansion bay and the power core. In Tuttle, addition, Tuttle's already dropping his bags off in there. <laughs> in addition, the doors are actually all open, which is discerning. So you know that there's like a power core, and we'll say that there's some glass or something so you can see into it. Oh, in front of you are all the actual controls to the power core, and you can actually see there's actually a small tech workshop in front of you. In addition, the corridors that run north and south continue further up. And since the light is dim, I have about five questions. Go ahead. First of all, what is the level of power that we're seeing coming from any equipment, particularly terminals? If there's a little bit of hum and a little bit of light and a little bit of air, I'm assuming there's at least emergency power. Yes, you have emergency power, and that's it. So nothing for the terminals? The terminals are blank, except for, like, maybe a blinking cursor, if that. They appear to be at the bare minimum necessary emergency power levels. The door we just entered, was it a powered door, or was it more just of a hatch? If you wanted to, you could emergency, like, I don't know, like, the, the abyss, sort of, like, cut in 
to the and there's like a handle in there if you needed to crank them open and close that will take a little while that's all cool well what i was actually thinking in the back of my mind is what i'd love to do is in any way we can figure out if we're the first people to come in through this door in x amount of time if that would mean there's a log of every time the door opens because there's some energy if we see dust on the ground anything like that is fine i don't care where the clues come from you know that trying to get a log of anything would have to come from the bridge, which is in the exact opposite of where you entered. That's one of the reasons I had hoped a terminal was live, but obviously not. It is not live for that purpose. Uh, so the power cores in front of us is completely turned off? No, it's at extremely low power. So it's on running what appears to be bare minimum systems, but it's like, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's at a 1. Okay. Um, but am I able to see any other signs if people came in this door at any time? We're supposed to be the first ones who are visiting this ghost ship, but that's not necessarily the case. That's true. That would be a skill check of some sort. Perception? Something else? Can I do an engineering check on the console and see if the power was is restorable to a higher level or if it's just this is how bad it's, it is. Yeah, you could definitely do all that. So I would say you could do a perception if you want to look around and see like what's going on, you know, in terms of like dust or debris or like if people have been walking around. All right, let me do that. Eh. Ten. Yes. There that's, we go. That's pretty garbagey. You know that you're on a ship. Good job. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tuttle rolls a 25 for engineering. Much better. You go up to the computer console in front of the engineering bay. All you seem to notice is that the um, computers are in a very low power state. They're in emergency mode. You can just see what's basically a read-only output, which says what I said before, that there's emergency lightings, the good news is it looks like if you get to the front of the ship, you would probably be able to hopefully restart the computer system, inverse the tachyon fields, and get the ship running again. Yeah, can we fix it? I asked Tuttle, can we fix it? Not from yep. engineering. Apparently it's all kind of locked out to the forward part of the ship. So this is a ship where Geordi LaForge is useless. It's gone, McCree. They transferred control to the bridge. They do that. <sighs> nope. You cannot fix it. Uh, as you guys are fiddling around with all of this stuff, you didn't really notice, but to the north and south of you, what appeared to be debris on the floor suddenly moves and shifts and something appears out of the debris. Ah! Roll for combat! Zombie <laughs> science. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Haroji is up first. He sees... Oh, it's, it's a puppy. Yes, it appears to be uh. a puppy with a mouth full of shark teeth and yellow eyes and about 20 tentacles coming out of its head and sharp claws and a tail. Other than that, it looks totally cuddly. Just like a puppy. Oh, who's a, oh, who's who's a, a cute little boy? Yeah. Who's a cute yeah, little boy? Attack. Kill we have a ball we can throw to it. Yeah, who knows anything about this stuff? 
Oh, yeah. That would be a life science check. Can I move here? I'm going to make a life science check. It's Hiroji's turn. Wait, you know something about science? I do know about some things like you're, this. You're moving in the opposite direction, though. Are you out of range for this a This is a new strategic check? move. No. He has to run farther away from the thing he's studying. I, I make the life science check first, then I move, and then Hiroji whips out his thermometer and takes its temperature. I may know from this, but give me one moment. It's true. You can, can do that. Life science check. 21 for life science. That is an excellent check. You know that this is a akata. It is a medium aberration. Uh, You can get three pieces of information about this, i.e. you can get its defensive capabilities, its immunities, its resistances, its weaknesses, its offensive, um, any special abilities. You decide the three you want, Chris. Sorry, Hiroji. I want uh, resistances. Resistances. It is resistant to fire five. Oh, which is what our laser pistols wow. operate on. That is correct. And what else? What else can I get? Good to know. Two more things. Whatever else you want, you let me know. Um, you get special abilities. You can get its offense. You can get defensive abilities, immunities, weaknesses, uh, things defense, like that. Uh, weaknesses. Yes. Susceptible to salt water. That ain't gonna help. Oh, I got some salt water for you. All right, so I, I, I note that. I I, rela- I I tell him, laser weapons won't work. And then I move there. And You get one more. Oh, I did get one more. Oh. Wow. Yeah, you, you rolled Special really well. Ability. Special abilities. There are multiple special abilities. Roll a 1d5, and we'll see which one you get. Just d6 roll over. One, a one, one. They can write. They can enter a state of hibernation for an indefinite period of time when food is scarce, and after three or more days of eating, they can secrete this material that hardens into a dense cocoon of star metal called Norquell, which is very valuable. By the way, it is extremely expensive, and as long as the remote cocoon remains intact, it remains unharmed. And it's basically in a state of hibernation while it waits in there. However, it does have blind sense. It can sense living creatures in which it cakes itself out of the cocoon and leaves the fragments of the cocoon behind, which are worth quite a bit of money. That is what just happened. It basically was alien for you. It was sitting there and waiting. And while you guys were fooling around, it was in the shadows because it's dim light everywhere. And you guys really noticed it, and it just broke out, and now it is going to attack you. Oh, so that we is are right, very so, cool. So Our that stairs. is not necessary for them to know. And the um, the immune fire is what was the third thing I got? Uh, they're susceptible to salt oh, water. Yeah, if yeah. you hit them with salt water, it deals one d six damage. All right, so basically, I just say fire won't work on it. Stow your laser pistols, and I and I I put my laser pistol away. I have moved to here. And that's my move action. It's my standard action. I pull out a grenade. Really? Because that's what I like. Well, you could drop your weapon if you're going to move. Yeah, you got to drop it. You can't put it away. You can't put it away. You can draw it and move, but you can't. No, I, ha- I had it, it in my hand already. And you moved. Right. So as a yeah. move action, I should be able to. Uh, nope. Nope. Yeah, I don't think you. Well, can you still? I should it? be actually, able to. Maybe you can actually. Actually, I think you might be right. Can you holster? Should, if you have I think it's holster. Yeah, holster. I, I think you're right. That's a big deal. It's like. It's always, it is, it's always a thing in, in uh, Pathfinder. Hey, you know what? Fine. I'll say you can. That's fine. 
All right, so you're taking out your grenade. <laughs> Which I'm not proficient at <laughs> and I'm terrible at. So just... And your grenade does fire damage, by the way. So My uh, fragmentation grenade. Oh, no, that one doesn't. Okay, you are done? You brought a grenade to a dog I fight. Did. Tuttle, you are up. Um, I am going to draw my knife, since my laser pistol is supposedly useless. And I will give orders to Cheddar to go smack that thing with his club. Okay, for those of you who are paying, uh, taking, uh, I don't know, uh, who wants taking to notes? Yeah, taking notes. Uh, holstering a weapon is a move action. Okay. But it cannot there be done go. as part of a part of a move action. Uh, probably you need the. Uh, uh, we all have plus one to our base. Tech. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know where he's at. Yeah. Well, it says draw or sheathe a weapon. Right, For right. now, I'll say you can. Well, do that it. is that draw or sheathe the weapon. That's it. But he's done both. Yeah, that's correct. So Cheddar moves right into this thing's face and tries to club it. He misses with a 11. And I'm hoping Cheddar does not smell like food since he's metal. Well, the good thing is you're right in this thing's face. And it is going to just attack what it sees. And it's just going to bite Cheddar. No! And he misses, so he rolls a four. Rolls a four. But he, nice. gets, he gets a 12 <laughs> from that four. Let's give you an idea. Uh, this guy has a plus eight to hit. Noted. I noted the map. Rusty, you're up. Yeah, he's wow, like hero time. <sighs> Got it. Um, yeah, let me think. Rusty, get in here. We need you. Yeah, why don't you encourage yeah, well, us to hit? five of us. By the way, who can see size? in dim light? Because if you can't see in dim light, you get a 20% mischance. Uh, oh, hell no. I can. Mo can. The Vesk. Isoki have dark vision, so I'm fine. I have absolutely no interesting I have, I have my flashlight, though, in my hand. So I do have that. I think you get low light vision anyhow, because you're a... Um, I, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I wish I did. Okay, what is its size relative to one of us? It is the size of you. Well, there are five of us. That tells me we might have a chance they weigh, of intimidating they it. Weigh, they weigh 400 pounds, and they're about four feet tall. Well, still, between all of That's us, we're actually pretty large. hefty. I'm going to give one chance at trying to intimidate it to put it in a shaken condition, so... It's like a gorilla, basically. I'm going to, yeah, I understand. I'm going to round the corner and I'm going to scream at it. There are five of us wow. compared to one of it, and if we're sounding aggressive, for all we know, it might make it take take a step back. By the way, Chris, you can. There's an exception. You can draw or sheath your weapon as part of a move yes, action if you have a plus one. So I, it's actually an now exception. That, that, that's yeah, because so that, that's new um, to this, which is great. That's it's, very it's, important. It's, yeah, no, so that's good. Yeah. No, that's really important. That's why I made it sure It makes to look sense, it because so, otherwise yeah. you're dropping your weapons all the time. It's, I don't like that. Yeah, you need to have your weapons. All right, so you moved, and now you're going to yeah, yell at uh, him. What I'm basically doing is a demoralize action. It's a standard action you use Intimidate to cause a creature within 30 feet of you to become shaken for a number of rounds. Sense-dependent, but other than that, uh, 10. the DC is 10 plus my opponent's total Intimidate skill bonus. Or 15 plus one and a half the opponent's CR, whichever is greater. Okay. It's He doesn't have Intimidate, so it would be the 15 plus one and a half, which is 16. So 
because you round down. So there you go. 16. So 16 is his... Okay, and I have a plus 9. I am trying to demoralize him. And I rolled a 1. Kids, don't do this at home. Just don't I do needed this at a home. 7 to give him a minus 2 to every one of his attacks and defenses. Yeah, it was right. a good try. Yeah, okay. I'm done. Can you try that again? Or is that... Uh... Oh, sure. I can try it as often as I want. Mo is up. <laughs> Constantly yelling at the dog. All right. Uh, Mo is going to draw his hammer since he knows from Hiroshi's very welcome uh, advice to not use the uh, fire uh, laser. And he's going to use his assault hammer and move forward to smack it. And this is the smack. <laughs> I hit with a 15 plus 6, 21, and I do 9 damage. Nice. Yes, you hit him hard. He, like, kaboof, gets smushed. Mo He's still deck. up. He's still up. Okay, Hiroji, you want the good news or the bad news? I want the bad news. The bad news is you start seeing one right behind you oh, no. starting to oh, emerge from oh, its, oh, its cocoon. Oh, cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> now you got a nice close up there. Uh, Get a whole okay. snoot of that uh, sucker. Right. There's some right. life science experiments for you. Oh no. Oh no. What's the good news? Yeah, I need good news. <laughs> yeah. The good news was uh, Mo. I'm, I'm in the middle far away from both of them. That's yeah, the good, the good news. news is that Mo did a good job on the first one. The bad news is Hiroji has to decide. It's Sophie's choice. Do you want to throw the grenade and hit your friends, or do you want to save yourself? Um, it's it's ironic He's because um, it's a good news, bad long. news, good news situation because I'm not proficient in grenade, so that's the bad news. But the good news is I don't have to be. So horseshoes and hand grenades, I don't have to hit. You get a minus nine to hit. Yeah, yeah, but to hit the ground. A minus nine. He gets a minus nine to hit the ground. Does it bounce? Obviously, I mean, if he misses, uh, it will. It's yes. a narrow corridor. How far could it bounce? the airlock onto our space, onto our ship, matter. and we're it's, stuck here. How do I get a minus nine? No, it's a minus four. Sorry, it's a minus four. It's a minus four to hit anything, and you need a DC ten. That's correct. And I have a no. Sorry, DC five. DC five. It's a strength check. So it's a minus four. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, it's a minus four. You get a minus four to your, your attack or non grenade. So where are you trying oh, to hit? Grenade! Clink! Shoo! I throw my grenade at the creature. Which one? Uh, the one north the or one, south? The one to the south, of course. Okay, show well, me. Help us kill the one up north no, first. I, I, yeah, I'll blow, I'll, blow, I'll blow you guys up. Yeah, I'm going to try and throw right in the corner in the spot that it's on. And, like right there. Yeah, and I say, throw it okay. in its mouth. Fire Make it swallow. In the hole. I'm throwing a grenade! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, roll. <laughs> <laughs> so now you can know you can oh, just yeah, give yeah. uh give me all your grenades for some skilled throws <laughs> oh a f- you rolled a oh. four which gives you, you a one a which four. misses the ground wow he missed the ground all it's right hovering. so it's hovering in midair now. wait it gets no roll a 1d8 okay. let's see which direction well, it goes oh this is gonna be great I roll 1d4 for how far it goes in that direction. Oh, boy. Oh, it's a four. <laughs> I think it went right in its gullet. Hold on. Right Hold, it, please. Right <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Oh, this is so good. I'm so glad there's a uh, doggy down there. So Rusty is yelling at the dog. Kuroji is blowing himself up. <laughs> Chris, I am very impressed by the fact you have not killed us. Well, not yet. 
Yeah, that's a good that's point. true. It could bounce all the way to the other end of the, uh, the corridor and hit the other guy. Right, you're very lucky. It misses, and instead of hitting the corner in the southeast, you totally blow it and throw in the corner in the southwest and ricochets off the wall and somehow lands almost right next to where you wanted it to go so it was like a bank shot and it still (laughs) blows up comes very close to hitting hiroji you almost hit yourself (laughs) you almost hit yourself but you didn't so good job now it gets a reflex Um, save for half damage and because your skill is so poor it is your your dc is literally a nine so is it against my skill or against the... Uh... Yeah, they got a seven. It's <laughs> actually against your strength, believe it or not. It's, it's a, I, know you're, nice. uh, I thought it would be against the actual grenades DC. It's got to be Yeah, that, it's the right? grenades DC. The grenades DC... Well, no, it's no, it's not against a grenade. It's against your skill. It is all, so, like, if I have a, t- a yes, 10,000 gold is going to be like a nine. Yeah, yeah, it's not the grenade. It's like... your skill that gets... Because it's, it's, it's this complex formula, yeah. but basically you have a DC 9. The other guys have, like, DC 13 because they're better at grenades. Good news is it failed and didn't get out of the way, so roll damage. Uh, what is the damage on that? Damage on the frag grenade is one... After all that, it's 1d6 piercing. That is amazingly lucky. <laughs> wow. But it's AoE. <laughs> he rolls a one. You do one it's point of damage. Good job. It's a dud. I have move action. Is it one d six and that's it? There's no yeah. pluses. Yeah, it's an AOE. Uh, okay, Chris, I'd like to talk to you about your rolling ability. Oh uh, my! You're talking goodness. about my love of grenades, even though I'm terrible at them. Oh my! I, I also have concerns about Hiroji's love of grenades. Don't get me wrong. That's that's something that's going to cause harm to all oh, of us. Are you going to move? You can still me. move. But in the meantime, I want you to. I am going to move. Charge. Um, I think I, I think I need to help my compatriots up north. Yes, yes, that's the right move. Sure. Yeah, that's great. Actually, um, are the two the are the two Akedas, uh in the same? Uh, uh, place on the attack uh, the roster the 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 initiative yeah they're gonna go so they're gonna attack rusty yeah. because hiroji ran away like a coward no i'm attacking the one to the north and as a swift oh, attacking yeah I, i'm sorry as Excuse a swift action i do get a swift that. action i, I would swift yeah. action yeah, use my right. auto sheath and produce my knife from my left hand total is up and i'm not <laughs> what a move tell what are you gonna do yeah give me <laughs> just a second <laughs> One point of he damage. Okay, my grenade. work is he done here. Grenade dropped. And then he did a point of damage. <laughs> grenade effective. They're stunned. All right, Ooh. I'm actually going to just stay where I am, and then I'm just going to issue orders to Cheddar to attack again. Though, actually, I'm going to guarded step Cheddar five feet back and have him shoot the thing instead, because I'm realizing the club's kind of weak. Shoot him with what? Cheddar's got a regular gun, not a uh, okay. not a laser pistol. All so right. it's piercing damage. Very good. Wow, Cheddar. Cheddar shoots. Rolls a 19, hits oh, with a 23. Yeah. He, Does two points of damage. 19. Now the nasty, weird space thing goes. It's wounded. It sees two voluptuous feasts in front of it. It's going to attack number two. Hello, Hiroji. Of course, it's Hiroji. Oh, of course. <laughs> Our damage sponge. Well, the good news is, although he rolled wow. a 12 and hits with the 20, he did max damage on you, which is eight points as he 
bites into you. However, you suddenly feel a horrible disease coursing through your veins. And <laughs> Roshi doesn't even <laughs> doesn't even stop. He just rolls that fortitude save because he knows. Gets an 18, and you feel <laughs> that the disease of void death does not take hold inside of you. And you realize these things are much, much worse than you thought. Wow. Can we just call it space rabies? Yeah. That's pretty Shake nasty. Shake it off like it was not even there. Sure. Yeah, of course. You can do as many as you want. And other people can do it too. Um, the other ones are going to go. And he is going to run up to our favorite person. Can he do another life science if he was successful the first time? Okay, I'm just curious. Hello, Rusty. Have you been hit even once this whole combat? GM is GM is looking forward to this so much. <laughs> I'm a neutral party. I have nothing to say. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. We'll go well, with that. He did hit. In your step, though. He does again a 12 and hits with a 20. <laughs> Good news is you guys are only taking stamina points. But he did bite you, and he does six points of damage, so Rusty needs to roll that fortitude save as he gets the saliva into his veins. Okay, so um, I'm guessing I need to roll right now. Yes, you do. I rolled mine really early just for luck. Ooh, uh, yeah, see, but I knew mine wasn't going to be like yours. Yeah, you I rolled a nine. Plus, and for a total yeah. of nine. That's I only got plus good. one. So immediately. All right. We're going to get a new character what's here. What's weird is when I was standing here before, there was someone between me and that wall. Oh, no, but I'm not a tank. Well, though. yeah, the paper thin thing. I'm a grenade. Hiroji. Oh, it's no, a grenade. He's no tank. Hiroji's no tank. I'm a range fighter. I don't. It was a person. I don't play the. Uh, All right, game. lay it on me, Hiroji's Steve. How lover, horrific is space yes. rabies? It's horrible. Thanks. So do you know how the diseases work in Starfinder? They are completely different than Pathfinder. There is something called the disease track and where you go down the track and the track starts at healthy, then laden, then weakened, then impaired, then disabled, pilotated, bedridden, comatose, dead. So every time you fail a roll, you go further down the pipe. This one starts off at weakened. You are both sickened and fatigued. You basically get a minus three to all your rolls. Alrighty. Sounds great. That probably won't change anything. So space rabies is really, really bad. Rusty is up. Oh, do I get to go now? Yes. You do. Yeah. All right. So first things first, obviously, I need to, uh, well, get away from it. So I need to withdraw a bit. <laughs> you don't have a melee weapon? So that means my move action is to take what's not a five-foot step. What is it called again? Guarded step. A guarded step. And then from there, uh, move to a safe position, correct? Right. Okay. From there, I can fire at the one everyone else will be uh, fighting on the next round. And I think I, I can't recall if I have a medical kit. Hold on. That's not how it works. In fact, unless it's... Yeah, but I have a Mark One Serum of Healing, and I'm hoping that might work. Nope. It's not going to Okay. Well, there we go then. All right. So that's my turn. Mo is up. So no attack out of you. Well, it was that or die. So I have two guns in my hands, which would provoke attacks of opportunity. And I had been safe standing there before. I don't think shooting yes, provokes. You, you can't shout yes, again, though? Not next to them. There's only three things in the whole game that provoke, and that's one of them. And that's one of them. If I shoot a gun in something's face, it provokes immediately. There's literally only three things. It's moving, 
next to them, shooting a gun, casting spell. That's it. That's all that provokes. Mo is up. I like shooting guns a lot. I'm going to do a uh, guarded step. Guarded step, little sachet, and a whop them with the hammer. Ooh, that's good. Good. Like to hear that sound. Just uh, missed a critical, although it is staggered. Although I don't think staggered exists anymore. Uh, I don't know if it does. Oh, it's at zero? i look that up. I have the conditions in front of me. Hold on. Yes, you can take a single move action or standard action each round, but not both, nor can you take full actions. All right, so it's down to zero. It's staggered. It's all like, oh. oh. It can attack, though. Yes. So, uh, and I'm not seeing that thing from Pathfinder where, like, if it attacks, it loses a nope. hit point and goes unconscious. That's correct. Oh, Hiroji, you got another grenade? Oh, it's my turn? Yes. Um, I really feel like I'm standing right next to Rusty, who has two bullet-driven weapons in his hand. Projectile gun. Yes, I do. I would like to grab one of those weapons <laughs> out of his hand. All right. Because <laughs> like, I, I, right now I have a flashlight and a Don't knife in there. I'm going to drop my... Dude, you only need to do one point of damage. A knife is perfect. Yeah, actually, there's an argument for that. You don't need anything else. You can see that it is staggered. No, I'm thinking can about you, the one Can you the hold south. a second? Hold a second. I want to read the rules. I think it might be that. Give me a second. I'm thinking about the one... Oh, the, zero might be dead. I think it actually okay. is, so hold on. I have good news. It's dead. Great. That is good news. Where's the bad news, though? There's got to be bad Literally news. No bad news. Stabilization oh. only works for oh. PCs and only if you have resolve points and you don't stabilize. So that's all gone in Starfinder. You hit zero, you are dead. <laughs> you drop. So, period. Well, the bad news is I need to decide if I want him to take my gun or not. It's my gun. <laughs> yeah, well. And when a monster NPC is reduced to zero HP, it's dead, unless it's non lethal damage. Excellent. Right, that's yeah, good. Well, look, these <laughs> things are nasty, so I want to make sure we got this right. All right, as a free talking action, I say, hey, no problem, 10 credits for the loan. Yeah, and then the, the uh, what is it, Akeda appears behind Rusty as he steps into the other corridor. Yeah, maybe. Could. Yeah, pretty much. All right, uh, Hiroji, I allow you to take one of, one of my pistols. Okay, so I... I, I... Do that? Oh, it's, it, it is that. Uh, you dead. heard the you heard the uh, rental cost, right? Uh, I did not. I just got back to my headphones, and I ah ten credit uh, rental cost. Sure, I, Rusty, I'm trying to save your life. All right, so are you taking the gun? You do not have to take the gun if you do not wish to spend the amount. I mean, if you pick the apple up off of the dollar an apple cart, that is <laughs> agreeing to pay. Unless someone's not looking, it's in my actually, hand. <laughs> uh, yes, of course. Um, that's within 30 feet range, and uh, I'll fire from here, I guess. You're going to get a penalty because uh, yeah, you can't be holding penalty. your flashlight and your gun and your knife. I dropped the flashlight. Right, so it's a 20% mischance because you can't see. Oh, the light is an issue? Yeah, it's dim light. It's oh. a 20% mischance for anyone who doesn't have dark vision or dim light vision, which will be yeah. human. Okay, no, then I drop my knife, which is unneeded. Well, you already, okay, you drew it before, but we'll say, we'll retrofit that. We'll say that you didn't even draw your knife because you want to keep your flashlight so you can see what you're hitting. I, I, I yeah, no, I had my knife as my auto draw thing. Oh, cha ching! But you, yeah, but you can't have a knife and a flashlight and a gun. Right. So in my hand, before I grabbed his gun, I had knife and flashlight. Oh, I right. Because knowing you that I need light, right. I mean, I would you not be it. stupid and and drop the thing I don't need. <laughs> okay. I, I, will, I will keep the thing I need. 
which is the light, and I will drop the knife. I would not I, make I'm that not assumption. making stupid decisions ever. I just never do that. Roach is actually smart. He's got ten intelligence. Yeah, but I don't know if Chris is smart. Yeah, check that Smarter intelligence on Chris. That's the weak link. I took an IQ test in 1982, and it was above 100. Above right, average. Dull. It was <laughs> 101. <laughs> right. All right, so let me attack. Can you make a move action no, before you attack? Because I think the move action is grabbing the gun, right? But that's you do that while you're moving. No, I don't know about no, that. That's it, it, that's it, yeah, because it's grabbing it out of this guy's hand. It's like it's more complicated. It's a move action. Oh, Basically, oh, that's, that's called, right. I that's called like a general. I thought he was action. drawing. No, you're right. You're right. No. I thought he was. I'm grabbing, I'm grabbing like and like we and Rusty had to give me a whole debate of how much he wanted to charge me. So that took time. So I had that idle like, whip right, conversation. I'll, I'll pay you the I'll pay you the credits. Okay, give me the gun. Give me the gun. Okay, and I shoot the thing. Throw me the whip. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm going to roll d20 and we'll modify it later. That's going to hit. 18. Gonna hit. Easily hit. Hits yeah. away. I don't know how much damage your gun does, Rusty. D6. That's it. Wow. Oh, that's D6 that's my, is better than level the two. zero Pierce. that you were doing. I know. Rolls a two. I forgot my, tr- my whole trick attack thing. I forgot all that. Two points of damage. Yeah, Good job. Damage. Great. It's okay. Tuttle, you have a snarling beast right in front of you. Get away from there. You can't do anything. Fortunately, it is not right in front of me, which means I could run like hell. Otherwise, I'd have to take a guarded step. <laughs> or you could send Cheddar in front of him. Ah. Which I'm going to do, but I'm also going to move further away. I didn't know you could do both. Yeah, I can, I, yeah, I can still move I and totally give Cheddar can. orders. I thought it was either or. It, it's like one and a half moves. I can do both things and, t- and uh. Cheddar can do one or vice versa. Oh, that's cool. The good news is you can probably use a club on these things because they don't really have armor. We noted that. <laughs> and then we saw Mo crap, club the crap out of it. Oh, he doesn't. But he's not using a club. Oh, guess what? Boot to the head. Cheddar. Go cheddar. It's your birthday. <laughs> uh, I went to you roll the damage. It's 1d6 plus 2 two times he gets the plus two twice yes. just making sure oh hell yeah oh that's good wow. that is the, no 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 it's 14 no 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 that's you rolled great. no it's not doubled you rolled twice it's not doubled john 2d6 plus four. Oh, you yeah, oh yeah. you oh I th- yeah that's all it I is it double. so okay that's still great 12 batter up 12 points of damage Cheddar. Add that to Chris's one point of damage, too. Yes. Don't forget that. That well, one point from the did. grenade. Grenade! Fire in the hole. So dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in real life. It's, like, it's uh, dangerous for you. In real life, if a fragmentation grenade goes off within 15 feet of you, you're dead. It's just instant death. That's one point of like, damage. Mythbuster showed that, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. It's like 15 feet of that, you're dead. The shock damage. So Cheddar takes. He gets hit with an 8, which gets up to a 16, and he bites on you. But since you're made out of metal, it does have one point of damage reduction and takes five points of damage. And good news is Cheddar does not need to roll for disease. Rusty is up. All righty. Well, I am going to... I can shoot around the corner, I hope. Yeah, you can get a minus four because Cheddar's in your way. Yeah, and okay, the minus be the case anyway. three. Um, well, after what? everything, I have it all calculated for you. You basically get a yeah, plus yeah, zero if you're attacking with your 
um, semi-auto, and it does 1d6 minus 2 damage. Yeah, I understand. Uh, So I will try to faint just as a bluff check. Okay, your updated bluff is a plus 7 now. Minus 3 would be a 6. It's not exactly. It's plus. Some things are minus 2, some things are minus 3. So you have a... DC is 15 plus something, so it fails. Yeah, you needed a... You roll the six, you get... Yeah, yeah well, you got a plus it's seven. Work. So I bad, fire. So. Okay. I did a normal attack. There'll need to be some adjustments on it, of course. Yeah. You you literally just barely managed to hit it. Oh, wow. Nice job, but at the minus two, he could actually heal this creature. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. I actually messed up. Zero you did damage. three. Yeah, no, yeah. you did three points of damage. Rusty. You are Minus number two. one. Guess what? Oh, three damage. Okay, good. And he staggered, which means he's dead. Oh wow! You we we, we you know what? Uh, We're not the overachievers, the guys. Guys, don't worry about the beast. I got it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Don't worry. I took Rusty, care of it. We killed two great. creatures, brought it down exactly to what we needed. That's that's like scoring a ninety on the test, where that's what you need for an A. Uh, Dr. Tuttle, uh, I feel a little odd. You're a doctor, right? Uh, remember when I was firing the guns? Uh, no, yeah, yeah. I'll be I nice and that. do a medicine check and Thank see you. if I can help him. If it He's a anyway. disco doctor, though. But, Tuttle, Mr. Tuttle, you're absolutely right to question that. Uh, not Mr. Tuttle. He spent four years going to evil doctor college. Dr. Tuttle. See, you're learning. You've picked up the basics. I'm having trouble with those degrees. <laughs> uh, does, does a medicine check actually help with the disease, Steve? Uh, for now, you can do the medicine to try to learn what the disease is. You can also do life sciences to learn what the disease is. But most diseases require, if you don't have some medical facilities or magic, which you don't, it requires basically bed rest and treatment. And you okay, get I'm the- a little better on medicine, so I'm going to do a medicine check to at least kind of okay. identify the illness. Sure. Wow. 16 plus nice. 8 is 24. 24. Yeah, you've seen this before. You know it's really bad. It's called Void Death. It requires a DC 10 Fortitude save. As soon as, if you don't manage to fight it off, you immediately get infected and there's no dormant phase. It goes right into, there's no latent or carrier phase. You immediately get disabled. And if you die while you are diseased, you raise as a void zombie two to eight hours later. And it takes no less than two days of consecutive saves to actually fight off this disease at the minimum. Wow. A playable Void Zombie character? Nope. Not <laughs> a playable. Damn it. Oh. Um, wow. I, I want the antidote. We might have to... Uh, doctor, do you think we'll have to cut the, cut his balls off? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the only way. Give him something to you bite know, down on. It's going to hurt. I, I go I'm over not sure t- if you understand human physiology. <laughs> I pick up all my weapons. I uh, I, I put the um, uh, pistol that uh, I, I grabbed from Rusty in my belt in my back, and <laughs> and I move over to the beast over here, and I take my knife out, and I cut off a piece of it, and I put it in my 
pocket. My trophy, the glory of the kill. <laughs> I have killed this beast. This thing uh, is nasty too. It's yeah, like, these are nasty things. You might get the void death. I don't from care. That. I have to take. Yeah, these things literally dwell in the vast void of space, and you know that they hibernate in cocoons I, for oh, countless I know better than centuries. I, I know better than most because I've studied life sciences. I know this beast. I was like, I've always wanted to fight one of these because I want to prove I'm better than it. And I am. And I cut off a tentacle. Wow. I put it in my, in my pack in a sanitized baggie that I carry with me. And then I search the area for loot. Because I hear that That's they... A check I hear they have, on his bucket list. I hear they have droppings that are worth money. Yeah, that is correct. They're leaving. Uh, while you're doing all that ridiculous stuff, uh, I'm going to ask you if you can life science an answer out of the uh, situation. How, how uh, many... Uh, do these things travel in packs? Like, uh, what's the number appearing for this type of creature? All right. Without a roll, I say they do travel in packs. They're known to um, reproduce with the number of things they kill. And then they cocoon. Yeah, well, let's, let's get that answer with a roll. No, that, that, that's what I say. <laughs> that's what I tell you. Oh, jeez. Okay, so in packs of 3 to 11 or even in colonies of 12 to 30. Okay. So... With that information from our spectral uh, life science uh, <laughs> expert, I am going to – Mo is going to go out the airlock. You know what? He's going to even – he's going to close the door, and he's going to go back to – I assume we're docked onto this thing. Yes. I'm get the, Mo, uh, where are you going? the light reaction leave us cannon. Here. Don't leave us here. Yeah. Don't fly no, away. I'm getting the light reaction cannon. Okay. And I am burdened as I uh, come back into the. Uh... You keeping both weapons? Yep. Wow, that's gonna have. Uh... Yeah, he, you he don't care. He, it's, it's, it's I'm ten feet slower. No, that's there's other is. things. You also get Midas's to attack and stuff. So we can drop it. You can, you can drop it. In combat. All right. Well, I, I've got. I can just drop my uh, azimuth uh, artillery battery. You know, it's. I'm, uh, I'm gonna search over here for. Oh, for for some Speaking of that. Speaking of carrying both weapons, um, Hiroji, could could I get that gun? Back? Oh, you want that gun back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, want yeah. that Speaking back? Speaking of both weapons, you sure about that? Because yeah. yes, please. Funny how he forgot right? that. I mean, it's, it's it's a family gun. I'll yeah. trade you. I was, a you know, actually, it's, I got to tell you, my my uncle Phil left that to me in his will. It yeah. was the only thing he left to me. I do understand that, yeah, but Chris. Um, but wait, um, I do have two laser pistols. Can I trade you one for one? Oh. Oh, I, I already have a laser pistol. That uh, was very nice of you to offer, but I'm good on that. I, yeah. I was just You'll have to, to erase that, that from your character that. sheet there, uh, Chris. Okay. Yeah. All right, I give it back. All right. Actually, Chris had already processed the sale. Yeah. He'd have to get it. Oh, and the 10 the credits money. for the loan. What was the number? I thought it was eight. You know what? You're a friend. Eight sounds good. Okay. I give uh, roughly eight credits. What's the VIG on Excellent. that? Well, the big was like twenty seconds, yeah. so like I shouldn't get yeah, I shouldn't get a one credit big. <laughs> it's a hell of a big though. Um, I'm gonna you know what? I'm just gonna leave the right, subtract so eight credit. Uh, yeah, encumbered stinks. Your speed is reduced by ten. Your maximum dex bonus is reduced by two, and you get a minus five penalty on strength and dexterity based checks. Okay, so that being said, where Mo is standing, he's going to lean the laser rifle up against the wall good job uh, nice okay okay that's good that's, that's as if we were treat you can grab that 
Yeah, and it's right next to the door, so I can just grab it on the way out as the things are chasing me to the. Or I could grab it to the ship. I'm terrible at that, but I could do it. So far, you away. look around and you notice the scraps of Narquel are all over the place, and you could gather these up. Oh hell yes! And you know that Narquel is a star metal. It's one of the several precious metals mined from asteroids and scattered worlds throughout the universe. It kind of looks like a pale green crystal, but it can be worked as easily as iron or steel. The crystalline structure gives it the strength that gives it a really low weight. And more importantly, that it's strangely resistant to magic. So objects made of Norquil gain a plus four bonus to saving throws against a magical effect. Melee weapons or ammunition fashioned from Norquil get a plus one enchantment bonus on damage rolls against magical constructs and undead creatures created by spells. You also know that one bulk of Narquil is worth 500 credits. Wow. Cool. That is something we should probably just put on the ship right now. I mean, it's literally one room over. Uh, true that, but I worry about our ship getting exploded. Oh, how about in this airlock here? Because um, that's... If our ship blows up, I think aren't we in more worry about No, no, death the ship that we're on. Is, can, we got a better ship flyable, now. yeah. Finders yeah. keepers. Oh, so this, the Arcanon, you've yeah. decided is our ship. Yeah, it's our ship now. Salvage rights. <laughs> and yet, isn't there the large corporation and the big union who both think they own They've it? They've already forgotten about In us. Space. If, they owned it, if they actually owned it, they could come out here and clear it out. Okay. So. Well, how much value of Ownership this stuff is do we what? Find? How, what percent? You look around and you manage to find lots of scraps and pieces. Basically, the cocoons they burst out of. These are really hard to see because they were sort of like under the consoles. In, uh, they were very well hidden. Plus, with the dim light, you couldn't really see them. If you're kind of searching for them, now you know about them. You might want to. There's about two bulk worth, and they're worth a 1,000 credits. In wow. addition, you start going through some of the cabinets, and you find 300 UPBs from the tech lab, which are the components you know you use to create creatures or engineering or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly... Going through the tech lab, you manage to find a item. Who appears to be oh. ding. a rifle of what? some sort. I oh, detect magic. Oh, oh, what is it? What is it? It's a tactical arc emitter, which is a long arm rifle with 12 charges. It does 1d4 damage, and it can also blast and stun creatures. It has 12 charges, but it uses four charges every time it's fired. So it can only be fired three times. Three times. Well, I don't want to be greedy, so I'll let you guys have first divs on this. None of us can use that. Oh, well, then I'll Maybe. take it in that case, <laughs> exactly, I guess. Actually, no. But that was so generous of you to offer. <laughs> I just, hey, I just, just want to be counts, you know. Good news it's, is it only weighs one bulk, so you can actually carry it. Oh, wow. Hey, there we go. Boop. Yeah, yeah, that goes on my uh, leg, uh, my leg holster. And I, I tell my friends at this point, I say, "Look, just so you know, like I'm a trained operative, and I'm feeling, I'm getting into my own power here. I'm starting to feel things." Did they train you to throw grenades? They, yeah, is that typing you're talking about training? <laughs> properly trained on grenade throwing, but I do have the ability to bluff and mimic myself. So if you see like multiple 
visions of me. It's a trick of the eyes that I'm using my skills and my Lashunta power as a mentalist. So do not which be alarmed. Which one do we shoot? Which one do yeah, we shoot? Which one do we shoot? That's the yeah. first question yeah. that came to my yeah. mind. Shoot the one in the middle, always. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> you know that. If you see three, the one in the middle. Always, bet. that's yeah. right. Okay, just so you know, don't be alarmed. Um, I, I police up all my weapons, and I look south to the corridor of what could have been with a good grenade throw. Um, and I bum at that. Try to put it back together. I'm, yeah, I'm depressed at that. <laughs> I wish I could put that grenade back together. And that throw, <laughs> even more so. Let's advance. Yep. Flashlight ready? And on that bittersweet note. Let's go. Hey everyone, hope you guys all enjoyed that episode. Make sure you check out the Discord and you can see what those space dogs look like. They look really awesome. And Rusty, well, he's in a lot of trouble. I will tell you that right now. That disease is only going to get much worse. And the diseases in Starfinder are really nasty. I'm going to go into more detail next episode about that. But they are really, really bad. And he is in a lot of trouble as well as anyone else who gets bitten in the future, as you will find out soon enough. As for the new contest, so this is what we're going to do. At the end of every single episode, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a little tagline that we have. Something funny, it usually has to do about gaming and role-playing, and there's a different one at the end of every single episode. We have 20 of them so far in total. So right now, obviously, we have the 12th one, so we are looking for new taglines. So to enter the contest, all you need to do is come up with a new tagline. I would suggest you listen to the last 12 episodes and you can get an idea of how they're structured and how long they are and what they're about. And all you need to do is submit your tagline to contact at rollforcombat.com. And that's it. And you're entered into the contest. If you are selected, we will record your tagline, add it to the show, and we will send you a t-shirt. This contest we're going to be running until at least the end of December. We'll see how it goes. We might make it go longer. If you have any questions, come on the Discord. I'm on there all the time. You can also follow us on Facebook. I'm also on there all the time. And you can chat with me there. And also, some of the other guys are on Discord as well. Jason is on there quite a bit. John is on there sometimes. Bob as well. Chris, well, I'll get Chris on there. Chris is always raiding in WoW, so hopefully I'll break him away from WoW raiding and have him jump on. So once again, all you need to do is come up with a new tagline, send it to us at contact at rollforcombat.com, and if we like it, we will record it, we will add it to the show, and you will get a free t-shirt. Send as many as you want, there's no limit, and we're going to run this until at least the end of December. So with that, I will talk to you guys next week. See ya. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com or drop us a line at contact at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms.
You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that Magic Missile can solve any problem.